Hey there, I'm Meg Dewalabi. And I am Amy Tianyi Zhao. Welcome to The Spark, a podcast that is a continuation of a conversation sparked between us one summer evening in China. We would love for you to join in on the conversation and listen along as we talk about everyday topics, big and small, as two women from two backgrounds, cultures, and countries. Everything starts with a spark. We all have the power to kindle a spark that makes us realize we are more alike than we are different. Hi, Megan. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good. So today, I'm super excited because we are recording the first series on、mm-hmm. the Spark Podcast. I'm、And、so excited. And the reason why we decided, yeah, right. And the reason why we decided to do this is because me and Megan realized some topics that the Spark wants to cover are too big and too abstract. They are desperately in need of deconstruction because we are tired having large conversations and just, you know, give you concepts. So me and Meg decided the first series that we are doing is going to be focused on the topic of feminism, or in other words, female-related social issues. I love <laughs>、uh, that. These are some. <laughs> I know, right?、Um, These are something that both me and Meg have experienced directly or indirectly. Concepts like this carries too much stigma. For example, people who believe in feminism are basically belonging to a quote, which is a comment that I always hear. And there are also <laughs> stereotypes against those concepts. For example, people who claimed they're feminists are white liberals or whitewashed Asians, which a lot of people said that I was before. And most importantly, there are a lot of like misinterpretations on those topics.、Um, and for example, like feminism and feminists are scary and evil, <laughs> which I kind of get. <laughs> And angry. <laughs> I kind of get it. And angry. Like,、yeah. are you okay? Are you mentally stable?、Uh, what happened? That.、Um, so there are, you know, a lot of media outlets out there providing a lot of voices and perspectives. However, me and Meg wanted to break break it down, and we want to bring them. To the Spark podcast, and the Spark. Just for the record, we have no intention to identify or define these big topics and concepts. We just want to share our related stories, and hopefully, the audience can relate to it, and we can start some kinds of discussions. And、yes. um, because we think it's important to discuss these topics like this from two perspectives: a Chinese who has experience. Living abroad and has faced discussions like alike as a Chinese person, and an American who has intense travel experience around the world and has faced cultures that are reluctant to face and discuss complex issues, especially on topics like fem- feminism. So we think we can do something. We can contribute just something to this topic.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, right.、Um, So we are starting off the first episode of the series with the title 
title from girls to women because being brought up in two different cultures, me and Meg have a lot to say regarding our growing up experiences. And we wanted to go through this process with listeners before we dive into other aspects of feminism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Amy, I think, you know, we wanted to really put the focus of this first episode of this series. Um, we wanted to put the focus of that transition from become, from a, being being a girl and becoming a woman and how feminism kind of shows up in that transition and maybe has even shown up pre-transition and then post-transition. Um, so it's, I think, a really um, valuable thing to break down. This is one of the topics, too, that Amy and I touched on that first night that we ever talked. There were a lot of things that um, we definitely exchanged viewpoints on that were this is one of the main conversations that we felt really could provide a lot of value to other people and so I'm super super excited to bring this to the table so mm-hmm. um yeah so I guess Amy let's kick it off with you and how it was for you growing up um and what 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 feminism was for you, if it was even a thing or how that showed up in your life, becoming like becoming a woman from a girl. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, as the title suggests, um, I, I think I went through the process of growing up from a girl to a woman. Some might disagree, but it's okay. (laughs) Uh, I grew up as the only child and I was raised now that I think about it, I was raised both both as a girl and a boy. On the one hand, you know, my family wanted me to have the quality as a typical Chinese girl, which means I'm domestic. I need to be like, I better be domestic, loving, caring, basically like ladylike because, because it's a safe choice. And on the mm. other hand, they want me to be um, just very tough tough enough to conquer the vicious world out there and how to prove that how to prove that you're ready it's through having a higher social status and having a well-paid job and in the end maybe just find a good husband and boyfriend I mean my parents are very liberal in terms of the time of finding a boyfriend or husband because I think they prefer me having it later than earlier giving my personality but they do hope me yeah right and so they're like okay it's safer for you to think five times before you make that decision but um yeah but like I I know that at the end they want me to find a husband or boyfriend who's successful rich responsible caring loving generous humor having a sense of humor basically just a perfect human being that doesn't exist probably (laughs) um yeah yeah, which is a very high standard if you think about it I was going up to a very high standard I need to find basically a unicorn um yeah so and I was growing up and I didn't have a sense of I don't know what feminism was I just knew girls should do certain things because of certain behave certain ways or be certain ways but 
guys were never held up to the same standards, um, which was kind of absurd to me. I mean, I, I was very nice in terms of like, I always listened to my parents and teachers, so I never tried to fight back. But I was very confused. I felt like it's so much easier to be a guy than to be a girl because they can do things and no one will hold these against them. But as a girl, it's like, you can't sit like that. You can't run like that. You can't play football because it's not ladylike. Or, Or in my generation, they wouldn't say that. They would just be like, oh, so for guy plays football, they're like, oh yeah, of course. And if the guy doesn't play football and people will be like, Oh, what kind of what kind of boy are you raising? But if a girl's yeah. playing football, right? But people wouldn't say it directly. People would be like, "What? Well, it's it's abnormal." But if a girl's playing football, people always be like, "It's abnormal." But they wouldn't stop you. They'll be like, "Great for you," or they'll be like, "Oh, that would be very dirty. That would be a lot of work for parents to clean up the clothes after." And it's like, okay, yeah. I love that you uh, just mentioned too that how a how a boy is viewed if he doesn't play football. And I think that's mm-hmm. a great way to highlight that this topic that we're getting into goes both ways too. Oh, it definitely, yeah. It liberates both sides. I think it's just a mentality. I mean, I will, I will share it later in the episode because I think feminism might be too much of a word. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going back to growing up, I felt shameful about my body. I felt very insecure, just like everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like it is such a cliche, but at the same time, it's so real too. And I know yeah. how when I look at YouTubers, they're like, "Oh, I have body image issue," and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, of course. Otherwise, why can't you make that video?" But on the same <laughs> time, I'd be like, "Yeah, I feel that, but I also don't because it's two things. When I was feeling it, when I was going through it, I didn't have any media, and I was feeling ashamed to share it, and that's the problem." Totally. Um. Totally. Be- yeah, I-, I hate being a woman because I hate the transition from a girl to women because it was gross like people mocked girls who you know develop a little bit faster than other people people will mock them and say that they are cows yeah or they're mature or they're like and you know what they were talking about they weren't talking about attitude like they were talking about like maturity and and more physical forms it was just really I think that transition is like exploited a lot of the time too in the worst sure. ways mm-hmm. and especially in China things like that can be a norm like you whenever you're different it's very easy to stand out and you it's just wrong when when, when I was when someone stood out because of something even though that something was right or normal, you know, the transition from a girl to a woman is something that every female has to experience once in their lifetime. Totally. Just because they had it earlier than others, it, it made them wrong, um, which is very, very cruel. And I don't know. So I didn't want to grow up in a lot of ways because it's gross. And I, of course, NYU Shanghai opened my eyes again. Um, 
I didn't have a personal feelings towards feminism until I was feeling antagonized by the patriarchic system a little bit. Big sentence, but to break it down, I um my dad. I think because he's very protective,、uh, so he always wanted me to go down on a route that he knows will be safe.、Um, mm-hmm. When I heard those sentences, I was really, really mad because I was like, "How could you not know your daughter? How could you say those things to me?" And basically, the things that he said to me, or that women should be cute、um, and domestic. Uh, because not that you cannot be strong, you can be strong, but you have to be cute first. Then guys can't leave you anymore because you're cute and domestic, just like my mom.、Um, because just that's what women are like, and for women who behave in a women way, in a women like way, they are. They are basically doing choosing a smarter life, and that's、mm-hmm. a form of being strong, isn't it?、Um, mm-hmm. I felt very—I don't know how I feel about it until today. I don't know because I would assume that my parents know me the best. Again, I know that they said that over like because of per, that protective mentality, but it's still—I I still feel like I wasn't seen in this. Girl to woman transition,、um, because they still, they they wouldn't get it. They will never get it, and it's okay. And I certainly felt rebellious、um, when I was growing up, and I did not want to watch. Like I hated the process, the physical process of growing up from a girl to a woman. I hated to watch certain.、Uh, I, I hated to match certain standard, and I didn't want to wear a dress. I cut my hair short.、Mm-hmm. I'm feeling. I but I, I deep down inside I know there was a girly side of me and I liked and in an anime princess I went back to my freaking like notebooks and stuff I had those like te-、uh, those doodles all over my notebooks I kind of like color pink even though at the end I still swing to color blue but I <laughs> I, I I kind of liked color pink、um, when I was growing up but I hated to admit it I try to be a lesbian I mean. Not try, but like I, I, I felt、um, I was a lesbian because I think that's the the form of the the ultimate form to be a rebellious kid. It's、yeah. by not loving guys.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so twisted. So I, I mean. Okay, I'm not trying to joke around sexual orientation. That's something that people are born with, or I don't know, but you felt like you、it. were pushed in that direction almost because yes, you saw what your option was to conform, and that's not what you wanted to do. So you figured, well, this is my only option then that's left. If I'm not going to conform to what everyone else、yes. wants around me, then this is、yes. what I am, I guess. Yeah. Yes, and that's okay. And I was like, oh, this is what I have to be. That's such a good way of putting it, actually. And this is what I have to be, and I am kind of okay with it, you know. And it's it's just just a sick mentality、um, to have. So yeah, and I always pay extra attention to TVs 
um, news and I saw I didn't see a lot of females. So that, that was kind of my growing up experience uh, from a girl to a woman. Totally. Totally. Yeah. When I was when I was growing up, um, I was continuously surrounded by strong women, like constantly, like the women were kind of, well, they are, they're not kind of, they are in charge in my family. They always have been, um, on both sides, which, so like, I didn't even really like understand that maybe for a lot of families that was out of the, out of the norm. Like that was just my normal. And, I'm the oldest of four girls, so I had no brothers to do the things that, you know, a strong guy would do, like lift heavy things and like go do like whatever the specific roles are when you're younger, even gender wise. Like mm-hmm. there was four of us. We were all girls. Well, there is four of us. We're all girls. And we had to do what had to be done regardless of our gender. And my parents also didn't really take on traditional roles so much like in some sense they did um my mom made the choice that she wanted to stay home with my sisters mm-hmm. and I and raise us and she didn't she is a teacher and so she didn't go back to work until um the youngest was I think she was in kindergarten or first grade but um so but my mom did other things like you know if there was like anything that had to be done like for example like burning the trash or like different things like that. My mom did that. Mm -hmm. And my dad would do different things like cook Thanksgiving dinner and all of that. So really my parents just kind of did things like according to what felt right to them at the time, situation by situation, rather than confining themselves into roles and confining each other into roles. Mm -hmm. So I think having that example has shaped me and to who I am which is why I feel I have really strong feelings um, about this topic. But it's what is interesting to point out is that you and I both, I feel, come from different experiences, but we've arrived at the same strong feelings, yeah. um, which I think is really important to point out. And I, when I was younger, I didn't really have a concept of feminism. I didn't understand that I needed it, um, even though there were many instances where it clearly illustrated that I needed feminism. And, and I remember vividly when I was in middle school, there are two different occasions where it was very, very clear what was going on. It went right over my head. I didn't like what was going on, but I also didn't understand what was going on. And mm-hmm. the first, the first run in that I vividly remember, um, with the concept of needing feminism and not knowing I needed it was when one morning in middle school, I wore a skirt to school. And when I was in middle school, I was like this gangly, like giraffe looking human being. <laughs> I had mm-hmm. like the like the longest legs. Anyone who knows me knows I'm all legs, like very little anything else. And in middle school, that was especially prominent. Like, um, <laughs> so a skirt on me was a lot shorter than a skirt on a normal heighted person. And that's Mm. just the facts of it all. And like, so, and my arms, I had super long arms. So there was this really stupid rule that they had only for the girls in school that your skirt had to reach 
the end of your fingertips for it to be for it be to be considered that it's okay for you to wear. Um, mm. And they would teachers would actually make you in the middle of everyone and everything like in passing periods or whatever. If they were questioning your skirt, they'd call you over and check your fingertips against your skirt. Oh and one morning, um, it was a super stressful morning. I, I had been washing my clothes on my own since I was in fourth grade. My mom has not done my laundry since I was in third grade. And so I didn't wash. I, I was, I, I just didn't wash clothes that week. Like I was just busy with other things, middle school, you know? So, um, I was pulling <laughs> for, for different outfits by the end of this week. And, um, the skirt was one of the only things that I, you know, in middle school is a tender time too. Like you're trying to keep up with like the cool crowd and you're trying to fit in and all of that stuff. So like, you know, you don't want to get caught like wearing like your sweatpants from home that, you know, <laughs> like that's just, I cared yeah. about what I looked like when I was in middle school. So I put on this skirt, there was nothing risky about it. It was literally a khaki skirt. I kid you not. And, um, because my arms are freakishly long and because my legs are freakishly long, they fingertip checked me and my fingertips were past the the bottom of my skirt. And my um, teacher specifically pulled me out of the classroom and needed just to talk with me about my skirt. And I remember being so upset about it. And she asked me, do you have any other clothes to wear? And I said, no, I don't. Well, like and they were making such a big deal about my, about my skirt. Now I'm in middle school. I'm in school in general. The focus of the day should be my education, not what I'm wearing. And what I'm wearing was not like, it's not like I was walking out there and like the most risque, uncomfortable thing. Like that's not what was going on. And the fact that I got pulled out of class to be talking about what I'm wearing rather than being in class, learning what I should be learning was a moment that I will never forget. And in that moment, I, I was upset about it, but I didn't know why I was upset about it. And I didn't understand why I was upset about it until later in my adult life. And the second instance, um, I remember was eighth grade promotion and they told all the girls, you can't wear a strapless dress. Well, I mean, my goodness, like what is the difference between the two inches or one inch of your skin being covered on in a line on your shoulders versus that not being there. It's eighth grade promotion. It was a big deal. You know, the first time that you get to dress up. And so I was irritated. I had found the perfect dress already and it was strapless. I mean, there's nothing, there was nothing revealing about it. Um, I probably still have a picture of somewhere of that dress today, but I remember being so upset and an administrator told me that I needed to sew straps on the dress. So instead of doing that, um, the woman in my family and I decided that what I was going to do is take a ribbon and put it around my neck and shove each end into the dress. And then when I get on stage at eighth grade promotion, I would just politely remove the ribbon and shove it into my dress on stage. Are they going to stop? 
<laughs> yeah. Are they going to stop eighth grade promotion to tell me about how my straps aren't on my dress? I don't think so. So, and if they did, I would have loved to see that. So, um, that's what I did. And so those two instances I think have shaped me, um, as a woman today, I remember, I remember that anger. I can still feel it like that anger that I experienced when both of these instances happened, instances happened in middle school. And I'll never forget the moment that I realized that those two moments were illustrating that we need feminism. I need feminism in my adult life. Um, I re I was, uh, in college and I remember, um, not really understanding feminism. I mean, like I'd always been tossed around and like you mentioned before, it's like this, it's angry woman. It's like you, this volatile, like cult of people who are out to hate all the men and all this stuff. And like, I was thinking to myself, well, in college, like I didn't, I, I was like, that just doesn't sit right with me. Like I don't hate men, you know, like I enjoy them. I have a lot of friends who are men. I have family members who I love dearly, who are wonderful men. I don't want to go out on a campaign and riot against the men in my life. Like that just doesn't feel right. But I also, what I didn't realize is that's a very extreme view of feminism. So I remember in 2017, I was a senior in college and, um, the women's March was happening in Washington and it was huge. And I remember watching women all over the United States, even in the state of Montana, um, where I was at the time, Montana only has a million people in the entire state. Um, and it's a big state, but people were rallying even there. And I was like, wow, it caught my attention. I was like, maybe there's something more to this that I am missing. And I think that was like my first experience, um, with the concept of feminism and, so in, in that moment, it, it kind of all came together. And then um, I graduated college and I moved out to Seattle and I started working in the tech industry. And immediately there were things that um, kind of woke me up. And uh, I was the only one of the only women um, on a team of men for a tech startup in Seattle. And um I was basically the only woman on the lower level team. Like there was no other woman. Like the only other woman was a C, a C suite exec. And, um, so me being hired was a big deal for them. And now looking back, it was a diversity hire for them really. Um, and so I remember in the tech industry being surrounded by in this environment where everybody was really nice to me, but I found myself sacrificing my own femininity for to fit in and um and then there was this time when I realized I, I started feeling that anger again I was like gosh like you know like why do I feel this way and it was the same anger that I had felt in middle school when I'm being told to watch my skirt or to have the straps on my dress and um I was wearing jeans every day with a sweatshirt, like typical tech startup guy wardrobe. I'm not even sure what a woman's wardrobe looks like in the tech startup, because here's the thing. When you're working with a bunch of guys and you're out with a bunch of guys, you don't want to be like dressing in a way that 
feels like you're calling attention to yourself because the tech environment is also an environment that, um, that, you know, can, you can be pretty vulnerable as a woman and, and, um, we can get to that in later episodes, but, um, of experiences I've had with that. But, um, so that was kind of a wake up call for me. And then when the Me Too movement happened, that just kind of like brought it all together, watching um, the Stanford rape case go down. I remember when that article came out and this was still back at a time when um, I was still kind of getting to know what feminism meant to me. And that was a huge wake up call with how that was handled and everything like that. And so, and everything that's happened up until today. So I, I think it's, I've really come to an understanding that yes, we need this. Um, and I think today, like my definition of feminism is really, it falls in line with, uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adishi's definition that feminism is the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. And to me, this means equal opportunity for all, whether you have the ability to give birth to children or not, because I really think that's what it boils down to, whether or not your body has the ability to birth children determines on how you are treated. And I, that goes both ways. Like there is cons to either side of that. Like the bottom line is, is that it takes two people to create another human. But my question is, is why does it seem like only one of those people has to give it their career, their personal identity outside of being a parent? And if they choose to work, why should they have to take a pay cut? Because their body has the ability to execute a shared desire to procreate between two people. That is something that just infuriates me. The fact that like automatically that's the default. Women have to give it up. Women have to sacrifice their career. They have to sacrifice pay. No, they're never going to make as much as a man because a, a company would quote unquote rather invest in an employee that doesn't have the ability to become pregnant because they don't want to sacrifice a higher ROI from a man being an employee. Mm -hmm. And you know, a man can offer longer hours in the office, no maternity leave. And like, that's not right either. Like, you know, because to me, feminism is leveling the playing field on both sides, not just one. And I think that's where the friction was coming from for me in college when all of that was going down. Cause I was in the middle of some very extremist feminist fem feminisms. And I just, that didn't sit well with me because I think women should be getting paid their worth. Women should be able to ask yeah. for what they need without fear of being seen as demanding, greedy, or selfish without their drive and ambition being mistaken for anything else but drive and ambition. And women being able to make the choices for their own bodies. And freedom is also the being able to choose the life that you want. Some women do aspire and want to stay home and raise children, and that's okay too. There should be no shame. Yeah either way. But on the flip side, men should be able to sit with and express their emotions without fear of being seen as weak. That's why men yeah. need feminism. Men need feminism because they should also be able to spend quality time with their newborn child just as women do so that they have equal opportunity to bond with their children. And those are only some of the things that like come across in my mind right now. But that's what it means to me. And it's taken many years to come to that understanding and many experiences. Um, and I feel very fortunate to have grown up in a family with such strong women and be surrounded by that. But I know that that's not the case for everyone. And even though like, 
there is differences in what makes us quote unquote angry as women sometimes, we're all on the same page still. And um, I think for me, the most important aspect of all of this is to just highlight the fact that men need it too. Men almost in many cases need it more than women. Yeah. It's, it's, yes. Um, so to, there are certain points I want to make regarding what you just said. Mm-hmm. The first thing about dress code, growing up in China, attending public schools throughout my entire life, Ontario College, uniform solved everything. I mean, uh, again, I hated it, but I guess it's a kind of soft thing. I don't know, but we 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 tried everything to to make the uniform work. Um, but mm-hmm. other than that, I agree. I think feminism it's for both female and male. I just hope there's a better word than feminism to mm-hmm. describe the mentality we were just talking about. Yeah, it's to give men a reason to be to their vulnerable self so that they don't feel obligated to hold themselves to a certain standard. And it's also to give women a choice and not to feel pressured to take certain choices. And it was interesting because I was watching the movie Marriage Story the other day. Oh, I need to finish um, that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know why. Both people, like, I watched it, and it, it took forever to finish it as well. <laughs> um, it's a long movie. Yeah, it was a long movie. I don't I don't know. I just, I sometimes, I know it's a good movie, but it just, I, I can't see it constantly because I will get tired of it. But I finished it eventually, and um, I, without being, you know, I don't want to be a spoil alert, but I just remember the lawyer said this sentence in one of their conversation. It, she said, the concept of good dad was invented only 30 years ago, but the concept of a good mom, people were, you, you were, you just, you're meant to be a good mom. You give birth, what do you mean that you're not a good mom? Oh, so mom wow. is supposed to be caring and loving and just a good mom in general. And people, you know, the judge can make judgment just because you drink wine in front of your baby however dad if he doesn't come home for days and he doesn't you know do certain things and people will take mercy on him they would be like he's too busy you know yes I love that you bring this up because like truly like the expectation and standards for the sexes is not equal at this moment in time and that's like we're working in a system especially in America where we are expecting women to let somebody else, especially the white male in politics, make decisions for their body, number one. Number two, um, they're supposed to shoulder all responsibility when it comes to anything that happens with their body, including pregnancy. And then disregarding the fact that a man has anything to do with any of that. And then a woman is supposed to give up everything like career, everything to be a mother. And then like, like you said, like the dad can just never show up, do whatever he wants, like not going to matter. And who, 
suffers the consequences, not the man, but the woman. And like, I, I feel fortunate to not come from that environment, but there are many people that do. And like, there are a lot of women whose backs are up against the wall and there's nothing they can do about it. Cause they're caught between making sure a child survives. Like they have to put that first in some situations, no matter what, because we have a lot of men who are not taking responsibility. Um, yeah. and that's because like, we've, like, I love what you just said about how it was only defined only 30 years ago. Like, that was really not that long ago. That was five years it before wasn't. I was born. Yeah. It, w- it wasn't. And I just really want to go back to uh, what we were talking about from girl to woman, because mm-hmm. we know those kind of environment were a little toxic for us growing up, but we turn out fine. Mm-hmm. However... Um, I wasn't brought up in an environment where feminism was overly emphasized, at least when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And as I said, throughout my entire college, I was basically living like that poster, you know, like we can do it. The World War II wartime. Oh, yeah, poster. Rosie the Riveter. Yes, I was basically living my life like that because I think that's what that's the success that's who I wanted to become until just a very random day I came to the realization that it might not work because I was just thinking so wasn't that what men have been doing to women this entire time they said to us without us having any chance to justify for ourselves they said to us they can do it However, women, oh. as a woman, I have to try double, I have to pay double the effort to even prove to them that I can. Yes. Not that I can excel, but I have to try tw- like two times twice as hard. harder, twice as hard yeah. to prove to them that I can do it. Because mm-hmm. first, I have to beat them. And second, I have to do it. But they just do it. Yes. Um, so I was just in this kind of doubting moment and just thinking what do I really want because my convert I have multiple conversations with people from all around the world because I was in NYU Shanghai I got the chance to actually be exposed to this topic and I did see a lot of angry feminists they just, just want to win and I was thinking as a young woman at that time I was thinking so why do we need to fight this war in the first place if this environment is it's equal? Because the thing is, I, I, I eventually what I wanted, as crazy as, as it sounds, I wanted a relatively equal environment for both men and women. Mm-hmm. But if I tr- used every force I have to be in this imaginary war, that doesn't need to ha- need to happen in the first place. It, it it just kind of contradicted to my idea, and I wasn't very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so personally, I still don't know if I would define myself as a feminist. I don't mm-hmm. even know how to define feminism in the first place. I don't have a definition to it because I think I could define it in a very selfish way, and I could also define it in a very broad way but 
And I also, I can also define it as my mom's way, which is the most difficult part for my journey to grow up from a girl to a woman, which is the art of compromising, to compromise. Because my mom thinks she's, she's very smart. She's extremely empowering. She's not conservative, but she thinks compromising is the wisdom of life. She thinks it's better to, to to fit in so that she can thrive in in her way she mm. thinks if men want to be pleased then please them and they will be happy and they will leave me alone and i can i can be an empowered woman like i want to be and i oh what do i need to what do i need to sacrifice oh i need to sacrifice it just to make sure that they are happy yeah uh, um so she thinks feminism and Longing for equality too much is not smart, and it will be a very difficult life for a girl to have. If I want to win, quote unquote, win in everything. So that was my heart of part, hard part of growing up from a girl to a woman. That's such in an China. interesting point um, that your mom mm-hmm. brings up because I get where she's coming from. I see it because, and that's one of the things I think like. In my own relationship, I see that play out a lot of the time because, like, I'm not the type of woman to tell my fiance, like, no, you can't go do this or you can't like I let him I let him be him and I let him live his life in the way that he wants. And Mm -hmm. that's really all I ask for in return. And then I think we come together. And like, this is obviously something we'll touch on, like, in a later episode when we talk about relationships. But um, that is a very interesting concept. Do you feel like that's reflected? Um, like that's a general like sentiment within Chinese culture. Yeah, I think it's, I, I wouldn't say it's everyone again. I may only represent just a part of it, but I think mm-hmm. compromising as a form of art, it's definitely a pretty prevalent idea among Chinese people because you can we always say which means that if you step back just one step and you can have the sky both the sky and the ocean oh i love that oh my goodness so so like it's such a wisdom thing it's such a, such it a wise thing it is um, absolutely and people are like why wouldn't you do it why would you fight against the status quo where you know that you can get hurt and maybe die yeah i I want to ask you too, like, do you feel that I know you can't speak for all, but do you feel like that sentiment is held by some men in Chinese culture as well? Like the art of compromising? See, I, I don't think it's wrong for men to have that mentality. I think they all have that mentality and it's okay. And I I think a lot of people do have it. However, I think the problem is the men take women compromising as a norm. They yes. overlook it. They take it yes. for granted. They take it for granted. They, they don't even realize. The, they don't know. No. That there is a compromise that has been made in the first place. Exactly. Because it's so expected. And when it goes away, that's where friction happens. It's. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Like the, the realization, like, I feel like, Oh my God, that's such a great point because I feel like whether I it's here in American culture or even in Chinese culture, like what you're explaining, like 
really the knowledge that a compromise has been made on the woman's part in the first place is usually unknown. So likely like our frustration and, you know, any anger that we may, we may be holding with certain situations may feel like to some men it's coming out of the blue because mm-hmm. they don't even realize in the first place. Yeah. That's yeah. So, so interesting. I'd have to say too, my experience in Chinese culture is a very interesting one in terms of this because, and it's like evolved on top of, you know, my, the conclusions that I've come to what feminism is in my own life, like in Chinese culture, like anytime I'm over visiting family there, I notice a strong sense of like powerful woman in China as well. Like right. At the, at the dinner table, it's the women who are in charge of leading the conversations. Like they're kind of running yeah. the show and it's not like they the are. men are like sitting back. And I have noticed that continuously, like throughout yeah. all of my time in China, I have never seen anything like it. Like that does not exist the way that it does in China, in America. Like that's just not like the women are clearly in charge. Like, and I can, I can barely speak the language and I know that like, it's obvious, which is very, very interesting. I know. Yeah. I I think, I think that's such a great point. And I think we will dive into that topic about like differences of difference of feminism or how feminism is seen differently in two countries in a later episode. That's why we decided to do a series, but like keep that point. Write write yeah. that down. It's such a good point. I love it because it's mm-hmm. so true. People might think that China is such a con- like you know conservative country that women's probably staying at home and binding their feet. It's However, it's yeah. really not. It's really mm-hmm. not. It's just different. Let's just it's just it's just different. Totally, totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think at this point, I want to ask you, so how is your opinion on feminism fitting fitting in, in your environment? Mm-hmm. So are people all on the same boat with you? Are your friends all on the same boat with you? Or especially in this growing up process, I, you know, your opinion changed throughout the years and are your friends all with you on this? Yeah, that's an interesting um, question because really like I, the answer is no. Um, I think the, the jury is still out for a lot of people. Like as like, I, I think it's very interesting. I, it comes up sometimes in like different circles and like I have some friends who really like to get into these kinds of topics and they have polar opposite views of me. Um, But one thing that I've learned like about it, it's so easy in your relationships and in different conversations where there is opposing views um, in general to really take it personally. But I do think it's important to note that anyone, no matter their relation to you or if they don't even have a relation to you at all, like it's important to take a step back from where you're seeing on this, what you're seeing on the surface and look at where they are operating from it really allows you to kind of see somebody as a whole, as a, as a person. Um, for instance, I was, um, in a situation, uh, with, well, in a conversation with someone who, um, 
I know. And they have a tendency, they're older and they have a tendency to have a more, (laughs) to put it bluntly, sexist view. And um, there was this situation where they needed help with something. They couldn't get something to work. And I went over and took a look and I was like, man, like, I think I can figure this out. You know, I didn't say anything. I just took a look and sure enough, I figured it out and I fixed it for them. And that person said, man, can't believe like a woman could do that. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, and I, like me, like five years ago would have been like, oh my God, like you said, what? Like, that is not okay. Like blah, 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 blah. But what I know about this person is that this person is an older person set in their very traditional, in many cases, religious, (laughs) sexist ways. And they don't know any other place to operate from. And when you're older and that's like something that you are like, that's ingrained in you, that's really hard to like see things from a different side. So I think the best thing that anyone can do in any situation with anyone in their relationships, and this is something I've been making a strong effort to practice is just holding space for people who have different viewpoints than you and like understanding where they're operating from. But how is it for you? Um, For me, I think it's also difficult for people to come into the realization of that, um, that I'm very strong. I have a strong opinion on something because I've been, I'm a pretty mild person in public. I'm afraid of pissing people off. Um, yeah. especially the people I know I think it's just a personality thing but I do have my opinion and I it's, but surprisingly enough a lot of the girls that I talk to they understand but they just again chose my mom's way yeah. but it, it's I think I was understood but for guys in China it's a little bit difficult to come across what I my, my idea but I think a lot of them also understand because, again, I don't think what I'm for, it's difficult for them to process because yeah. I'm not hurting them. I'm not no. beating them down. No, and exactly. I will never beat them down. No. So I think it's not a, um, they will say, some of them will hope certain standard, and some of them will be like, oh, that's a tough life. And I agree. And why but it's already a tough life so I it's already a difficult life for both parties and I'm just trying to make it a little better on both sides or yes both parties to feel better and that's it I love Um, that so again I don't like the word feminism because I think not that I don't like it but it's already carrying it's it's already carrying so much stigma and so much stereotypes against it and I also think that only emphasizing female is never right yeah um so I don't I don't want to qualify myself like that some people may give me other definition I know that there are different schools of feminism uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I'm not definitely not an expert in that but I think um yeah it's about time for for us to have a discussion about that just because we are women yeah so 
Yeah, so I'm still struggling. What does feminism mean for me personally today? And I'm so ex- I'm also extremely skeptical when it comes to big jargons. Yeah. So I learned. I I was fortunate enough that um having experience experienced in living in a, a lot of countries, I I learned many sides, and I think women are extremely resilient. So are guys. I knew guys who would cry in private、um, at、mm. the end of a day, like after a day of work. I I know men who will just cry in their car and refuse to go upstairs、mm-hmm. and to see their wives, and that's just you know my family, friends, colleagues, or whatever. Those people exist, and they have extremely like they are pressured too.、Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I think. We will dive into more topics on、mm. feminism or just women in general in the later episodes. And do you have anything to add to this topic, Meg? Yeah.、Um, one thing that I I do want to turn the mic to you on in just a sec, and I'll answer it for myself right now. Just thinking about like the whole focus of this episode, like going from girls to women, and. Thinking about like the kind of world that I want my future daughter to、yeah. to live in and grow up in,、um, I I really like I want my future daughter, and I think like this is like why I think this topic is so important for me is I want I want her to not even ever have it brought to her attention that she. Can't do this or that, or that she can't make the wage because of this, or she can't just because of who she was born as.、Um, I I hope that when I have a daughter myself, that like this isn't even a conversation. Well, not even a conversation, but more like not even a debate about any of these things that、um, I feel like we're currently facing in society today.、Um, but and I think like conversations like this. And opening it up, and every each of us using our platform, we all have a platform. Whether that's a platform of one follower or one million, we have an opportunity to、um, to have conversations like this, spark conversations like this. And、um, I think that's how that world for our future daughters will be achieved. But for you, Amy, what kind of world do you want your future daughter, your future daughter, or later generations to live in? Oh yeah, that's such an important question. How could I forget that?、Um, I want them to experience the vicious world out there, and I want them to come back and feeling extremely destroyed, but knowing that there's someone who knows what's it what's like out there. I'm not going to tell them to compromise. I'm not going to give them a shortcut. Mm-hmm. But I want them to know that women support. There are women, or at least a woman, who is supporting her and who knows to certain degrees what she's going through. Yeah. Because what, if anything, I learned that having hope, changing the world takes more than one person, and、That's、I'm doing、right. it. I'm trying to do it, but I can't have. I can't expect it to happen overnight. That's right, and it's extremely difficult. I, I think I'm going to find a middle point be- between compromising and fighting against it.、Mm-hmm. I think 
it's a, there's a middle point that I'm not going to spend everything I have to expect the world is going to be a better place because if anything I learned that it's safer to put the hope on myself instead of others or the society or the world or the march I would just start off on my own and having a strong support I think it's it's the best thing I can provide to my future yeah. daughter and I was also tell her about the wisdom of compromising, but it's just one of the many options that she could have. That's right. It's and an option. I can do. It's just one option. And I'm not trying to convince her which one is better. And I'm not, I'm not trying to paint a picture that the world is beautiful and nice. Mm-hmm. She's going to get hurt just like every human being. And I, That's like right. I did. Mm-hmm. And it's okay because I can't, I can't just put you, I can't just make this make a lot of things go right because if that's so I would do it for myself in the first place but I can't unfortunately so yes so yeah I'm just gonna be a strong emotional support and making sure that she knows her mom knows kind of what's going on out there totally you're like you'll be her spark in the world yeah yeah oh I better be otherwise like (laughs) what kind of other kind of spark are you looking for young lady like honestly yeah so so, mm -hmm. I love that yeah oh that's awesome I'm so excited for the next few episodes that we have coming up in this series I feel like today we only scratched the surface and um I cannot wait to dive deeper into some of these um segues that this topic presents so I'm super super excited to explore them with you it's really fun to follow up on this conversation too, because this was literally one of the first topics we talked about. So it's super cool to be bringing this to all of you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we have a lot of other topics playing out for this series and stay tuned for more content. And we're looking forward to seeing you in our next episode. Have a great rest of your day. Yep. See you there. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with a friend who you think might like it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast, Facebook at the spark, Twitter at this is the spark, WeChat at the spark podcast, and YouTube at the spark podcast. See you there.